Hello and welcome to another episode of Struggles to Success. Today is very exciting for me. Finally get to catch up with a friend, a mentor and inspiration to me, Lauren, Lauren Verona of Senko Yoga. Lauren has been, uh, you know, someone I've followed for probably five years who I started to go to a couple of classes through a good friend who's in her business, Talon Boniface. And getting into yoga, I'd sort of started and done a few other classes prior, but it's been an amazing, an amazing adventure and I still don't even do enough of it. But it's just the people you meet and the stuff that comes up around that area. And I know it's become Lauren's life and becoming a um, massive change for her and building many studios and inspiring many. So welcome, welcome. How are you today, Lauren? I'm excited to be on the other side of the screen with you, Leon. Um, I'm feeling good and it's just nice to take time to stop and reflect and catch up with you as well because I haven't done that for a while. Same Thanks here. for having me. Yeah, no worries at all. Same here. It's, it's pretty awesome and as we were just chatting briefly, it's um, been a very interesting year, so we'll go into heaps of that. But mm. firstly, I really love going into a bit about, you know, who are you and your childhood and everyone has a childhood that I speak of that shapes their life. And if we've had struggles, um, a lot of it's come from our childhood, our perceptions, our conditioning. And um, tell me a little bit about what happened in, you know, life for Lauren until until you found yoga, et cetera. So. Mm, sure. I think I might start kind of almost at the end. I woke up this yeah. morning and um, I knew today we we're going to talk about this and, you know, the terms from struggle to success. I was thinking about it through the night, as you do, yeah, the mind is processing what's coming up for the next day. And this term from uncertainty to certainty just came straight to me as soon as I woke up this morning. Because I set the intention as I went to bed, what is this going to be about, what's coming up? And I woke up and there was that answer. So for me, if I look back to the struggles, inevitable struggles, teachings, <laughs> lessons, yeah. there was obviously a time of uncertainty when our inner compass is out, when we're not sure where we're heading. And there's been a plenty of times where I haven't been certain. And when I've been uncertain, I know I've reached for the insert word, whether it's the drinking, the, the drugs, the getting high, the escaping, the distraction through social media. It wasn't social media back when I was growing up, but there were plenty of things to distract us with. And then to come through that journey to certainty is really that life, that, that process I find that we take with a yoga journey. It's we come in unknown where the hell am i what am i doing and then we start to cultivate this awareness through our practice and that's the awareness of who we are what our truth is why on earth we've been put here in this world and that's where i think we sort of tend to find the certainty as we start to go i don't know what my thing is but i know i like doing this so we go and try that for a bit and then over here we sort of steer and then life shit happens yeah struggle yeah, struggle yeah. oh swerve another one swerve <laughs> And it's just this continual journey of refining and refining and refining and finding that certainty. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, there's been plenty of stories along the way and much like your readers, uh, viewers and listeners. And then of course yourself, Leon, for us to shape the way we are, but so many of us get stuck in the loop of poor me shit happens. And I'm the result of what happened. Yeah, absolutely. That's somewhere, you know, I know I've been there myself and yeah. I was still, concentrate on 
keeping away from that area because it's so debilitating and we give our power away when we're in that mentality, a victim mentality. So, yeah, so um, mm. so tell us. It's, yeah. Go, you go, sorry. I was going to say it's, it's very similar to it's that energy, you know, is low vibrational and, you know, where the shit storm's happening when we're feeling, you know, crappy and, and then you reach for the foods and the drinks that are, are just going to you know, <laughs> make it even worse. And it's lifting our vibration that needs to happen and then reminding ourselves, what do I do to lift up my vibration? What do I do to feel empowered? And once you kind of, it's kind of like the way you do to help people with their values. Once you learn your things for your success, for your certainty, for your assurance, your purpose, passion, and you apply them to each day, it's, it is a simple model. But a mm. lot of us think it, we need to, you know, go on some fa- world famous course or I don't know. We, we have this like thing in our minds that it's so hard to access, but it's actually keep it simple. You know, f- fuel ourselves with the right sort of food and company and people and lifestyle and look after our bodies, move our bodies, clean our bodies and minds and work on this thing. Yeah, I think it's so important, the mob mentality and you end up, you know, finding and attracting more people if you're in that shitty space and then you've got to uh, recognise that so you find better people because, you know, I know that being around your energy is always so so enlightening. <laughs> it's so much fun to be around you. and. <laughs> I think that's what, you know, so many people are inspired by people like yourself who mm-hmm. no doubt still have things that come up for you, for you but oh, you're yeah. always in that um, good space really, yeah. It's a conscious choice, Leon. Like there's still things going on for me that most people don't know about me. I've got, you know, court cases still with my darling ex-husband who's continuing to teach me strength uh, in my life even though you know, I left him, I think it was five years ago that, yeah. I left the family home with the two children, I think they're two and three years of age. And to be honest, some aspects have become worse since leaving. And I'm not going to go into that, but the truth is he is my teacher mm-hmm. and it goes on, but I've chosen play, fun, yeah. um, high vibration. And it's, it's like, you know, you can literally make two choices, isn't it? But yeah, isn't there absolutely. that metaphor about feeding the deer, <laughs> feeding the wolf or something? Yeah, it's like absolutely. I can feed it and talk about it all along and make it my story or I can drop it and be over here. And I just choose. I actually wake up and I choose to be over here because that's how I want to live my life. Well, I've got to admit that's really important to recognise because I've even been doing it myself going into a space around um, someone in business we've been dealing with for many years who's, made life very difficult and I've been focused on it until this morning and I wrote uh, 20 or 30, I think, benefits and a gratitude letter and um, I'm just like, let that shit go, you dickhead. Like, what are you doing this for? Why? (laughs) But we all do it. We get in that loop and then you can stay there pretty easily, I think, for a lot of people is why we do what we do because we want them to realise that you don't have to make that choice all the time you can make better choices. That's it. It's the choice that you make. And when you fully recognise that every single choice that you make, every thought that you're having is creating an outer world for you, then you can start to steer the ship. Yeah. And until you wake up and take responsibility, then you'll just keep attracted the same style. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the thing yeah. that is so empowering when people say to me, oh, you know, you can't always, um, you can't always be having, having those positive choices and that and some things do happen to me not for me but the thing is just lose all your power you just 
lose every bit of power when you give that away, even when really nasty things happen and we deal with people with trauma. Uh, if you can find some benefits in those situations, well, then there's actually a reason for that, for that happening for you, you know? And I think when you realise that the trauma and the situation that you've attracted into your life is part of your way of serving in the world, Mm-hmm. And you can come about it from a really different way. And that takes a lot of waking up, <laughs> you know, to go, okay, this is not just happening for me. This is actually help, helping, this is happening for hundreds, maybe thousands of other people in the future. What's that term? <laughs> your, your story is going to be someone else's survival guide. Yeah, and definitely. so a lot of what I've experienced, I'm able to help so many people that set foot in the yoga studio and they might be going through something. And I'm like, I've been there. I can, I can support you and I can help you. And it really has helped so many people. So I can see already, even though I still am going through the process myself, I can see how much it helps others. And that's what really makes it easier. Yeah, that's so cool. So mm. t- tell us a bit about the last six months. No doubt it's been massive few challenges. With COVID. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you had just opened your third or fourth studio where you were looking to open your fourth, weren't you? So what's been happening yeah. around all of that? Yeah. Yeah, um, closed the doors. I still remember doing the live video to the tribe and I think I had the kids there next to me in the kitchen in the background and I think I was crying um, because it, was, it wasn't just closing the doors on the business. It was, you know, shutting up the shop on community and connection and, and that's what we desperately need right now as a society. So for me, I'd, um, I saw it coming a couple of days earlier. So I created a Facebook group um, called the Zenko Yoga Tribe. You're probably in it. Yes, you are in it should be in it um (laughs) and just started live streaming classes daily and then twice daily and then three times daily and got other teachers helping me I wasn't doing it all and some days Leon I didn't feel like it I would just be like oh I don't have this in me today and then that's just the practice of yoga right it doesn't matter what excuse you make for yourself as soon as you set foot on that mat even if you need to just meditate or sit in a easy really easy pose we call child's pose you can just show up and move your body or not and just be in the energy of yoga. So I would do that day in, day out, have my team members doing that. And the feedback I was getting is, thank you, Lauren, we're in our living rooms and this is really helping us. So if in some ways it really brought the connection of the tribe together through that time, I created an online yoga platform as a result. I had someone contact me from a web development business and I said yes. <laughs> um, and so that studio runs now behind the Zenko Yoga website, um, yes. which is really great. Great for people who are overseas, can't access the studio, insert word. Um, opening the doors obviously was wonderful. And then I guess we are in this position again where we don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks and months. Um, and all I can do is just you know, really keep showing up and keep inspiring people. And like I, I spoke about before, that low vibration energy, Mm. lifting the vibration. I was even thinking through the night, you know, why, why aren't we playing feel-good content on our television screens every night for families to watch? Yeah. Imagine doing wellness segments and meditations at near 8am for families around Australia, around the world. Like what on earth is wrong with us? I guess because we're a media-driven society. Yeah, but very it much. would be easy to lift up the vibration. It really would be. It doesn't take much. Um, and people so, yeah, want to follow sort of stuff, so they do follow the crappy negativity. So, you know, give somebody some positivity and something empowering and they'll definitely follow it too. And that's where disease just sits and breeds and breeds and breeds in that low vibrational energy. Yeah, that's exactly right. 
So that's pretty awesome you've been doing that because it's also, I know, massive give, 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 massive value. So um, that's, yeah, I think that's very special of you because a lot of people would just retreat and I felt like doing that when all this stuff started too because it's like, well, how do, it's, all, it's all fucked for want of a better mm. word. Because <laughs> mm. you're not, Good word. You know, everything's um, changed so much and income's dramatically changed and you're dealing mm. with supplies and bills and they're all still coming so yeah there's a lot of challenge around it but no nobody's in the same situation but everybody's going through a lot of similar stuff so yeah it's pretty awesome that you've been able to offer that i guess with that again we spoke about it before leon it's that conscious choice like i could sit there and go oh shit i'm going further and further into debt borrowing money from my parents which i i have been yeah um and go down that cycle yeah. But I chose not to. I chose to show up, contribute, and trust. Because I know, like, I'm, I'm a visionary, so I look bigger picture, right? You Which do. I know is hard for a lot of us to get. We get stuck down here. I tend to kind of hang out here like, woohoo. Yeah. So I'm looking at this time, you know, maybe we've got 90 years in life. I'm just seeing COVID as this little, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, everything ebbs and flows. So what goes down must come back up again. And we're so honed in on this little point of funk that we, yeah. I don't know, that's, it's not going to be like that forever. <laughs> Nothing is permanent in, in this world. That's, that's what a, it's a good point because I say to people who are in a really crappy time of life and depressed, you know, that's what mm. depression is or, or even anxiousness, anxiety. And it's such a small scale of our timeline if we're here for 80 to 90 years, hopefully, and people can get stuck in that little loop of going, well, this is all shit and the world's ending. And for to say it poorly, like, I want to want to check out and end, yeah. end my life because we deal with a fair, fair bit of that. And um, mm. I think that it's so important for people to realise that it is such a small time. And as you say, everything's always changing for good, for bad, and just for what it is, hey? You know, as a society, we're not a very patient lot. Um, no. You know, societies for thousands of years have gone through much, much worse conditions than what we're experiencing. We've yeah. got devices <laughs> we can use. We can connect with one another. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it, war times. I mean, you think about how a lot of uh, most people around the rest of the world actually um, are in a worse off situation than us. Yeah, I had someone reach out the other day who was um, from El Salvador and grew up with you know, war-torn family. So that was mm. a bit more of a realisation. But even then we got to some place real quickly of some gratitude because they're in Australia now and because there's, they didn't want to hang around. They wanted to check out but got to some love from their family and nieces and the things that are important to them. So it was really important to change that perception, of course, yeah. And they say gratitude is the shortcut to happiness and it sounds, you know, like a bit of a cliche, but I know, I mean, there was a time where I experienced PTSD and I had a um, very good forensic psychologist that I was working with just to help me understand the behaviour of a certain person in my life and um, working through that. And um, I think it's just that kind of waking your eyes up to it and knowing that it's only going to be for a short time and it's like, what can I do? I can feel it's fueling yourself. So what are my, ba- it's coming back to basic survival skills. Yeah. I can eat, <laughs> I can move my body, I can get some sunlight. But the big thing was, is gratitude. And 
it, we get so caught up that we forget to be grateful for, you know, the sheets on our bed, the water drip from our tap, the, the people around us, the, the fresh air. There is so much to be grateful for, but we get into that cycle of just seeing everything as grey and gloomy and dark and impossible. So when we start to switch the way we, we think, and that takes training, doesn't it? But gratitude really is that really short way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. So um, tell me what's been the biggest surprise that you've had in the last few months, last six months or anything, because a lot of, no doubt, you would have had some really good stuff as well. Oh, always. I mean, <laughs> there's people that have jumped online to do our classes from Amsterdam and New York and around the world. Um, I guess the reconnections with, with people and the tribe, the yoga practice in itself is pretty profound. And you got the, obviously the benefits of the bending and the stretching. People yeah. love to, they know that's that, but there's something that happens, you'd know, Leon in a class where you shift energy, you get mental clarity, you get to always meditate at the end for the 10 minutes or so. Yeah. And it ticks so many boxes in a 60 minute session or whatever you choose to do. Yeah. And you can, I just, I see profound changes in, in human beings. I'm very fortunate. I get to see the other end because I have the live studios too in, in here on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. Um, but people do change through coming to a practice like yoga because it's a mindfulness practice and it's also a way of life. Um, wifey Sam will be able to tell you that she should be learning the yamas and the niyamas. So the yeah. sort of ethical guidelines to living a yogic life and some of them might be cleanliness and saucha. Um, cleansing at the moment, for example, um, some of them like what we spoke about: gratitude, contentment. Then there's things like um, giving it all up for, for a higher purpose. There's um, being kind, yes. showing love and kindness to ourselves and to others, and they're really simple, but they're very, very effective. And so, what happens is, as teachers, we're infusing this philosophy into the bending and the stretching model, and people are then going, "Oh yeah, I haven't thought about that way." Oh, yeah, how can I create space in my life? Oh, yeah, now I feel like I might just drink lots of water and have something healthy in my body today. And it's this slow, eventual, what I call waking up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It'd be yeah, amazing. and coming on path. It's a, it's a way of life. It's a way of living. And we're not saying you must do this, you must do that. We're saying, well, you know, would you like fries for that? Really, we're saying, well, you could try this. This has worked for me. This is a way, this is, this is the yogic way. And really like anything, anything experience that creates a habit, it's a healthy habit can, can stay long-term. It's like the way you wake up, make your bed in the morning. If you're doing it, you feel a sense of accomplishment. That feeling when you come home at the end of the day, my bed is made, at least I did something today. But it also sets you up in that, for the start of the day, of like, I'm going to achieve today. Today's about accomplishment. Today's about feeling good. And we do that you know, meticulously if you like, or nice, clean and tidy. And then that energy should roll on through the day. And that comes back to one of those guidelines I spoke about before. Discipline yeah. um, in Sanskrit, tapas. Now, discipline is the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So uh, today I'm going to drink plenty of water, do this, do that, whatever it might be. And we commit to that and we achieve that. And it's a really beautiful practice when you start to understand it. And it will. It keeps you true to your word, true to your practice, true to your intention. So how do you get that consistency and routine? It's my failure a little bit is um, not being routine enough. You get really bloody clear on what you want to create in your life and the routine is what sets you free. Mm. So, you know, Oprah Winfrey, Steve, late, late Steve Jobs, Anthony Robbins, they all have rituals and routine, routines that set yeah. them up the start of the day. I think Anthony 
Robbins is quoted as, um, if you can't find 10 minutes as part of your day, there's not, it's not even worth living your life. 10 minutes yeah. yourself, you know? And it might be, my, one of mine is turn the kettle on, however long it takes to boil. I literally sit there and just think of all the things I'm grateful for. I look around the house, think about the kids. It's just, and it's one of my little rituals. I don't have a lot, but I have a few little ones that I do. So that's tapas, that's discipline. And then looking at, you know, and I teach this as a workshop, but you can look at your life over a week, you can look at over a month or over a year. And if you want to achieve something, let's say write a book or a podcast or whatever it might be, you've got to schedule into your life. So then you want to start to look at each day, you've got your morning ritual, your non-negotiable. So um, you might film for two hours of the morning, you do your admin for another one hour, then you've got house duties, family life bit of social time and then when you start putting that into a week schedule and you can you can color code if you're a visual um, or you can just put it in with numbers and then you actually start to see what a typical week looks like and then you'll start to realize that this is why I'm doing overwhelm oh this is why I'm stressed maybe this is why I'm reaching for a drink on Friday night how yeah. much time am I wasting where am I putting my energy every week it's energy brahmacharya it's a word we use in yoga brahmacharya wise use of energy how we use our energy each day when we choose to go to sleep, you know, routines around sleep. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been a routine girl either, Leon, over the years. I'm actually <laughs> a little bit like anti the whole routine. It's very yeah. masculine for me. I'm quite feminine. Yeah. yeah. But once I learned this in yoga, it was just because I was getting to the end of the week, stressed, overwhelmed. I can't fit everything in. And so this changed my life. This completely changed my life. I know now where I am, half an hour to the next hour. It's all in. And guess what? I've carved out time. For me as well and that's and that's a non-negotiable so if someone asked me to do something on a saturday afternoon so it's an absolute non-negotiable it's family time i'm not there so how far in advance do you plan with your personal life and business life um personal i might you know plan holidays <laughs> not overseas yeah. but um <laughs> business we're in we're, we're 2021 planning um, yeah. in business we're usually 12 months ahead with business for yeah. for, for big retreats and events so um, how much of that did you have to put on hold uh, with this year with overseas retreats or any retreats? It's really only the overseas retreats, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. And you just postponed them or? Yep. Nice. Oh, and, yeah. well, we adapted. Adapted because remember we are talking about the F word at yoga? Yeah. You remember what that one is? Fun. Flexibility. Flexibility. <laughs> Flexibility, yeah, exactly. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Um, so we were like, okay, we can't take a group to Sri Lanka this year or Vietnam, places we've been before. So let's have a, a retreat in Noosa. And I ran one last weekend, not the, not the weekend your wife was on in intensive. The one before that, I had a group at Peppers and had asked for 10, had 10. Oh, that's and, brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. adapted and it was beautiful. I mean, why wouldn't we holiday in paradise? <laughs> That's right. That's that's what I've got to start planning some more even where we live because it's pretty special here as well. So beaches are yeah. beautiful. The weather's always pretty good. We miss the sunny coast, but here's just magic. So, yeah, I think we yeah. miss Zenko more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, Zenko misses you. <laughs> yeah. Don't miss the traffic down there. It's getting a bit hectic. Oh, come on. No, it's not. It's not like the cities. You've had too much time in the country, boy. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have no traffic lights, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, tell me a bit more about um, some of your struggles, like go back to your teenage years or when you were... Oh, man, I was a badass bad then. I was a badass. <laughs> I want to know more about that. Then. Well, I guess, I guess I was very rebellious and yeah. um, my mother was very 
well, rightly so, trying to keep me bottled. And, um, and then you rebelled against that. There like, were rules. Um, there were rules in my household and I didn't really like the idea of rules. I still don't. So um, you've done the four tenancies from Gretchen Rubin. Are you the rebel? I, I, I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> just on the rebellious side of me that just loves the sound of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was really not the norm. I, I, so basically I got pulled out of the high school that I was in. I was in a yeah. high school. You can't even kick people out of high schools. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't a mean person or a nasty person or a rude. I was just having a hell of a lot of fun and I didn't want to learn. I didn't want to apply myself. I didn't like the, the format, I guess. And um, the teachers took me aside and they had my parents in for a meeting. They said, we love Lauren. <laughs> we love Lauren. But they said, but she's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> she's just disrupting the place. Yeah, she's distracting everyone. And I, and I was because I was having a great old time. Um, and, you know, obviously a few little poor behaviours through lunch breaks and things where I felt, well, if I didn't want to stick around the playground, I'd go and smoke a cigarette at the front and didn't really care who was watching me at the time. Um, so little things like that that weren't really um, good for the school. So they asked me to, to move on. Not a um, parent... religious school or anything? Or... No, no, but that comes next. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the state school. Yeah. And then yeah. my, my, my mother, <laughs> bless her heart, the, t- the teacher, uh, you know, shocked and appalled by this 17-year-old, um, then had to try and find a, a, a school that would take me. <laughs> and it wasn't easy. I think we, we were interviewed by about, we did about four or five different private school interviews and they would just look at my report, which obviously had very poor grades because I wasn't learning and listening. <laughs> um, so poor grades and no one would take me. And then one school did take me. It was a, um, a private school. Um, I remember it was a religious one. I can't remember which one. Um, Methodist Ladies College, Ladies College in Melbourne, in Hawthorne. Um, and it's like there's 300 kids in one in a year level, women. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, they took me, they took me. And yeah, I can say I continued to rebel, but I got through and I finished year 12. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun along the way. And I didn't want to keep studying. Um, I didn't want to do any further education. I did do a year of hospitality management at um, at a hospitality sort of school and had the travel bug in me. And I remember I went home to mum and I said, I think I want to travel overseas. And she was actually really happy that day. She's like, obviously had no idea what to do with me. Um, So I went traveling for two years at the age of 20. Yeah, uh, which is pretty young back then, I guess. Um, Met great people, worked in hospitality, worked in admin. Um, basic jobs, earning the pound and travelling on the pound. Yeah. And eventually sort of set, we didn't settle down completely, but I settled down as far as I'll come back and study. And that's when I did the PR course at, yeah. in Melbourne. Yeah. Started a business at age of 24 and had that for a few years and then did stress, burnout, overwhelm, found mm-hmm. yoga and eventually did what your wife's done and thought, hey, maybe I'll do the teacher training. And the rest is kind of history from there. Yeah, um, really without cool. that rebellious, you know, side to me, maybe I wouldn't have sidestepped so much. Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, taken that leap of faith with opening studios. And, you know, even when it comes to choosing teachers or making the next decision, you've got to have a little bit of risk about you. You've got to be mm. living on the edge a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You've obviously got some of that drive, like masculinity drive to do what you've done within business. Like you've got 
um, you have got the four studios now. Is that right? Well, the fourth is the online, but I'm <laughs> very close to announcing another studio that I'm opening on the coast, and maybe another, maybe two this year. We'll oh, just nice. see see what the universe has planned. Absolutely, bring one up this way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. That's so. Careful what you ask for. Careful what you ask for. I know, right? I've got to right. ask, ask for the right things. <laughs> so, um, so what's the biggest challenge that you've had in your life? I mean, every, everyone has some challenges, but is there anything that's massive? Or... Yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge is is um, um, going through a separation sure. from from a marriage that, well. I was kind of led to believe that everything was, was awesome. Um, but things were, were quite the opposite and I had very young children and my family all lived in Victoria because I we've come from Melbourne. Um, so I had a studio that was about to be given to me in sort of the settlement, if you like. Um, so I had a studio to to run and I only had the one Bedina then. And I had a two year year old and a three year old. And I literally, I remember the day, like I went and saw a lawyer and then she told me I need to get out of the house. And so I went and picked up the kids and went and stayed in, in a hotel yeah. um, for a couple of weeks until we found a rental. And it was extremely challenging. I was teaching full classes. I had to find nannies to look after the kids. I had to find new teachers. Meanwhile, you know, trying to work out what on earth just happened in my marriage because I thought it was a happy family unit of four. And over the unveiling over the years, a lot of truths have come out which haven't been very hard for me to swallow um, but I'm blessed that life had its way and I can see I can see the gifts um, I'm still challenged by by the situation that I, mani- I manifested um, but yeah. it has been really 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 challenging especially with the kids you know like yeah definitely they're beautiful girls and you want to do the best and, and I think that's you want to be the best parent that you could possibly can be when that's all they've got, you know, I've got the kids pretty much hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, and balancing that time. I was talking about schedules before how to balance your time, your love and your energy so that really you can be there for your children. We are doing all this for our kids after all. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, that's it, been very challenging. So which one got the rebellious Lauren streak or both? <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. They're seven and nine. Yeah. Oh, um, hopefully they're both very innocent then. I think it's that allowing. I feel like yeah, most exactly. of mine was because I was so, you know, like you can't do that, pad. You can't do that, pad. Um, I just really want them to, and I guess that's why, our, you know, our situations create the parents that we are. I just want them to be free and do whatever they want to do, whatever they love. They want to put makeup all over their faces and look like they're a scene from zombies and stick toilet paper on their neck and add red colour to it. Do it. <laughs> I think that's the hardest part for parents is that they have all these expectations and um, they just need to allow the child to be what they are, I guess, hey? I know. It's the ultimate letting go, isn't it? It's that surrender of like, you are not me. You are not me. You are you and we need to see each other's differences. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Our three-year-old wants to be so, so much like our five-year-old that she despises her in the same breath as idolising her and it's challenging because she's just so mean to her but she misses her if she's away for five minutes so yeah it's hard isn't it when I I totally understand that mine are really close they're 19 months apart but they're they're like little besties but then they can um bite it out but I really I guess 
you're three, a bit harder with a three-year-old, but because mine are seven, nine, I kind of let them fight it out. So I'm like, oh, well, you guys sort it out. Like, yeah, I think they actually sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get involved too much with all that. That's awesome, hey. Hmm. So what would Lauren Verona do with a spare million bucks right now? Uh, I would definitely open the retreat space that I still envision. But we spoke about it. Remember when we were in Mar- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, want, yeah, I want to know more about that because I think it's just such a fantastic sort of dream and vision and I um, always see properties because I still do some real estate and think, oh, my God, that would be so good. I saw one online this morning. <laughs> it's only $2 million. Yeah. And it's, it's not set up for it, but it's got a massive lake. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, there's, there's so many places I think would be really awesome. Mm. Yeah. I just know that a lot of your viewers wouldn't have been to our yoga studio and That's I might right, come yeah. back to that before I talk about the million dollar mm. plus property and yeah. development idea. Um, Zenko is more than a yoga studio. I talked about the bending, the stretching. I talked about understanding the philosophy, finding self, awareness, awakening, all that sort of thing. But there is a lot of healing that's going on and it's this, it's a safe place. You can come in and you can ball your eyes out if you want. You can come in, you can go to sleep across one of the bolster cushion things. Um, And there's, you're supported and you're held because I choose teachers that know how to hold space for people. A lot of us are, you know, Reiki trained and that sort of thing. So there's something that draws people to the energy of Zenko. They don't know what it is. They hear about it. They, they get the pool, they come in and they don't even know why they're there, but they're just like, I'm just moving. This is where I need to be. I just love this place. One of my teachers came, well, um, old graduates who's becoming a teacher was in yesterday. She hasn't been at Zenko for three years. And she said, it's like coming home. Yeah, that's so special. You know, because that's how I create these environments. So people do feel like they're coming home because they are. They're coming home to their hearts, myself included. When I step into my own yoga studios, I'm home. I'm home with my family. I'm home with my tribe of people that have come to that same light. So the vision is because at the moment we're running retreats, as you know, you've been on one, Sam's been on one the weekend. We're using um, spaces that really aren't, set up for that sort of intensive deep change your life sort of change your ways healing so yeah the vision is like we spoke about which is so funny that i forgot about that i mean it's it's come to me now um and we got the eight remember we had the figure eight yeah it's like maybe eight yeah um that i would like land eventually a retreat space but um a pyramid built yeah like the pyramids of chi in ubud bali have you been there no i haven't no okay um, I know the owners very well. I've taken retreat groups there four or five times, um, but basically they're pyramid structures and they're built for healing, mass healings and sound healings um, go on twice daily there. And it's just profound. You've done sound healings. You know what happens yeah. when you're immersed in, in the sound. And so that's what I really want to create here on the Sunshine Coast, hinterland somewhere, probably going to need more than a million. Yeah, but I reckon if a definitely. few people come together with a million each, we'll be right. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's about is collaborating. So I want to ask, if you dig deep, mm. what's been the biggest thing that has allowed you to create that vision? Because I know working with you or doing anything in your classes, it is very much a family. It is very much a tribe, which I find so special. So what what was the epiphany or what was the vision that came to you that um, allowed you to create that? Because it's... There should be more of it, you know. Mm. Um, I just love love. I love the vibration of love and I, I love giving and receiving. I've 
I'm very close with my family, even though I went through those rebellious years, you know, my family yeah, are very, cool. very close. And um, I guess it's just, goes without saying and it hasn't been easy to be honest I've always been a bit funny like oh they're my teachers they're sort of this business and they're my clients and over the years I've just been like no just keep opening her up (laughs) open 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 and I think that's been the difference and through I've talked a lot about the yoga practice but through it with everything I've just said there's this big thing that happens which happened to me yeah, it's yeah. you. You fall in love with what you think is the yoga practice. You just like you know. I said to you, oh, I like this place. I'm here. I've come home. I really like downward dog. I like child's pose. I love yeah. the meditation bit. You fall in love with yoga, but you're actually falling in love with yourself. That was actually what I was going to ask. You just took it out of my mouth. So you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you answered the question because I was going to say how how do you get more people to love themselves to have self worth and probably answer the question i guess <laughs> what other ways though as well it doesn't happen overnight you know to to fall in love with ourselves we've got to you know have those what they call it the healing chambers dark nights of the soul i've done plenty of them candles out tarot spread out in the family room while the kids are asleep and just journaling and you know the days that you're most challenged work. you don't feel like going to yoga you just go, you just get on your mat, you just cry it out, you release it out, you breathe it out, you do whatever you have to do to get it out. And it's, it's, it's a journey it's, and it takes time to start showing yourself love and being kind and noticing even the story and the words that you might use to describe yourself when you look in the mirror and you don't realise you do it. So remember how we're talking about how yoga wake, wakes us up yeah, and makes yeah. us aware. You mm. might be doing a pose, um, let's just say, a tree pose, right? Fairly easy pose. It's, you're, you're balancing on one leg. You've got one leg up on the other leg and you might have your hands up in the air. And then all of a sudden, because you're building awareness, you notice that you've just told yourself, I'm going to fall. Yeah, And you most likely will fall. Absolutely. You might say, I can't do this. I don't have a body like that person next to me. <laughs> you're, probably comparing yourself to, you're probably comparing yourself to other people in your life too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this pose. It makes me feel crap in the hips. You probably tell yourself you don't like other things in, in, this, in your life and that mm-hmm. you feel crap in the hips, right? So what we start to see is that the stories that we tell ourselves, even in a single basic pose, are the stories that we're telling ourselves in our lives. Mm, that's so true, right? isn't it? Yep, yep. And we're hard on ourselves. Look yes. at the way some of us try and push ourselves to get into, you know, to an arm balance. Like, <laughs> I see it all the time. It's like, whoa, is that, is that how you are on yourself in life as well? Well, that's and the same with real this, physical exercise, isn't it? People punish themselves. I can't do punish. that. Punish. Punishes. Punish. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I guess that's, it comes back to brahmacharya, wise use of energy. Do I take another chaturanga now? Do I push myself and do another, whatever it might be? Or do I come back into child's pose and this constant monitoring of your energy, noticing your input and output and showing kind and love to yourself. And obviously kindness and love can be, don't just lay on the floor and meditate the whole time. You actually need to move your body today. So you do need to use, yeah. use the time and the energy space to be like, what does my body need right now? What do I need? That's the, but if you're so busy thinking about your next meal and your next whatever, insert word, you're mm. not going to do that inner work because we're so good at um, as I call it, so straying from our practice. We can be in a pose and we go dinner, lunch, breakfast, partner, yeah. family, car, 
all these things, it's just back, forward and you know, past and future thoughts. It, and, and we're constantly to and froing, to and froing, forgetting how to even be here in this moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what most people and, and me struggle with meditating because the mind's going everywhere else. But when I um, allow, like this morning, I had a good meditation, but just got to do it all the time and make sure that it is the allowing where it's not perfect as well. Mm. And I think it is accepting meditation. People have this, like, I don't know, they think that it's some. Um, I don't know what people think of meditation. I remember seeing, well, this happens a lot, but I remember this particular lady, I was like, it was a beautician, beauty appointment or something. That's must have said, you know, I'm a yoga teacher. And, you know, usually if they're not using the F word with you, <laughs> flexibility. Yeah, the yeah. next one they say to me, so first I'll say, I'm not flexible enough for yoga. <laughs> yeah. It's like saying I'm not hungry enough for dinner. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the next one they say is, but it's just that my mind's too busy. Yeah, yeah. I know. They actually think. <laughs> that their mind is busy like no one else has a busy mind. <laughs> no one else has things going on. We're processing units. That's what our brains do. We process, right? And oh. so they go and tell themselves, I can't meditate because my mind is active. That's right. That's why you meditate. I'm too busy. That's my favourite one that everyone busy. says. I'm too busy. Oh, my gosh, Same that Same amount of hours in the day as everybody else. And it goes into your whole cellular system as busy and you're running around like this. Fight or flight, so, permanent fight or flight. That's it. That's it. Imagine that on your nervous system. You know? Yeah, no, so I think when we get over the whole idea of meditation doesn't have to be like, yeah, this just yeah. happened. I just went to the such and such a cosmos and did it, <laughs> you know, or, um, oh my gosh, I just feel whatever that it is. Epiphany. I think it's, yeah, right. And it comes, but it comes when you're least expecting it, kind of like an orgasm. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that just led me there. But if you go looking for the orgasm, like this is it, this is it, this. Yeah, build up, build up and doesn't happen. No, right. But if you're just like in the moment enjoying it, it's like, oh my gosh, you could have an even better experience for yourself. It's the same as meditation. If you go in going, now, Lauren said I need to take five breaths and then I drop into my <laughs> base chakra. And if you feel like there's a method to it, then you're wrong. Yes, there's heaps of techniques yes. and I use them yeah. and I teach them. And some days they work so well for us and some days they don't. But yoga and meditation, it, they don't ask you, do it this way and this is what will be the result. It says, sit down, shut up <laughs> and listen. And sometimes you can spend your whole 10 minutes or however many minutes you've dedicated to meditating, literally listening. So it's yeah. observing the thoughts. Like, you know how I was saying about those thoughts out here and out here. Oh, there's a past. Oh, there's future. There's thinking about Leon's podcast. There's thinking about my next smoothie. There's, and you can just, this is the awareness, right? If you can see that going on, oh, you are like halfway there. Yeah. But you've absolutely. got to see it. And then yeah. as you see it, let's talk Leon podcast. You see Leon podcast, I think that's Sam, teach training, how wonderful that weekend was and the food. And that. So that's got, you got to nip it in the bud, yeah. nip it in the bud and go, oh, there's Leon. There he goes. There's yeah, the food. Exactly. There it goes. And that's the observing mind. That's being the witness of our thoughts. So rather than letting the thoughts kind of consume you, like that girl said to me, it's just my mind is busy. It's because she's allowing her mind to take over the job, right? We've got to start to observe the mind and just all it is is creating space between those thoughts. And over time, that space increases. Yeah, I love that saying that um, if you're too busy to do 10 minutes meditation a day, you need to do an hour. 
Absolutely. So true. And because um, I had a friend say, oh, I, I tried yoga, but I couldn't do the bit at the end. They like make you, you know, sit there and meditate. And I've just got too much on. <laughs> you need to do more of it then. <laughs> I was that person. I remember going to yoga and it, there were people, you know, some gyms or um, some yoga teachers or whatever, they allow you, if you want, you can stay to meditate or you can leave. Yeah, yeah. Did you, you know, and I was like that person, like, I'm out of here. I've got places to go. So, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff that, stuff that bit at the end. Yeah. Um, it's a waste of time. And I would leave. There's people rolling out mats around me. I'm out of there too. And then I remember finding an actual yoga studio and I stayed. Yeah, yeah, that's how. <laughs> and you kind of integrate the practice, find yourself along the way. It's the best part. You actually, in the end, you just look forward to it. In the end, you really, I just really want to meditate. <laughs> um, but it's like, I always make a joke, Leon, saying it's like a criminal offence to leave out the meditation. Mm, <laughs> you know, the class, it really is. The first time I took Sam to Zenko, the kids were really little, so she didn't want to allow, of course, because, you know, can't leave your kids, you're a bad mum. But she, mm. she's like, well, I can't have my phone near me. What if someone needs me? I'm like, it'll be fine. It's one hour. But, yeah, that's the stuff that we have going on because of the mum guilt or whatever it might be. So, yeah. With the mum guilt or dad guilt, I know I've been there. And the way I sort of see it and I always try and tell clients is, See it as though you're filling yourself up. You need a full battery to mother and to father. Yeah. You, if you're giving, if you're depleted, you're actually doing an in, injustice, a disservice to your family. If you're hang, from here going, here's another meal, here's another thing, you know, that depleted feeling of giving, it's just like you get nothing to give. But if you're full, if you've filled yourself up, come home after just a simple hour of yoga, like I said, ticking a lot of those mental, physical, emotional boxes, she comes home, he comes home. It's like but, uh, you've been on a holiday. <laughs> it's mm. like you've shifted all that energy. You've had a little bit of me time. You've thought about some things that you like and that you've, you've done a lot of processing work. Your body's feeling stronger. Your body's feeling more supple and open. And you're going to come home and be an awesome parent. And do you know what? Those children are going to appreciate, A, yeah. appreciate the time they have with you, and B, you are going to be a shining light to those children and you're going to show them that self-care and mummy time or daddy time is very yeah. important. And right. they need that role modelled because look at the, st the state of the world right now with mental yeah. illnesses on the rise. They need, we need role models saying <laughs> wellness. Well, I think it's you know, gone up 200% this year, hasn't it? It's gone up 200%, I think. But, yeah, it's, it's horrible. But um, that's the thing. Like, we've got to put our own oxygen mask on, I say to people. Mm. I said that to a guy the other day. And he's like, no, I put my kids on first. I'm like, how are you going to do it if you're dead? Yep. And that's like, it. Yeah you might not be able to, it's that, it's that simple. So you've got to start to actually look after you or what are you going to show those kids and everything that happens in our parenting displays with our children, everything, they mirror us so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I've got to get you calmer sometimes. <laughs> yes, I, um, I must have had a, I must have been a little irritable the other night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my daughter, <laughs> my seven-year-old, put her hands on her hips and went, Mum. Yeah, you need to calm down. <laughs> and then she says, and then she says, Mum, I think you need to go and like put on some sacred earth and do some breathing. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> you isn't know, it? sacred earth and music that we play in a lot of our studios. It's healing, calming, yeah. beautiful music. 
I think you need to go and put on some sacred earth and do some calming, you know, from the mouths of our babe for a seven-year-old to say that because she, because I was, I was, I was scattered. I remember I was in the kitchen. I was doing that and doing that. I had too many things on. You don't sometimes recognize it, but my own daughter was able yeah. to, to recognize that in me and say that. Anyway, the music came on and there was lots of breathing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm still listening to some tunes from your studio too. So I love them. Nice. Appreciate yeah. them very much. Awesome. <laughs> So what else do you want to create in the next 30, 40, 50 years? Apart from the, um, the retreat, which is going to be certain, I'll be, I'll, mm. be, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to another retreat. It's got me thinking I should have been to one already. I need to do more. Yeah, we need to do more. Um, I guess I have this overwhelming desire to bring yoga to so many people and the more I get out of my own way, the more Zenko can grow. And I, I recognise as well that Zenko isn't a Lauren studio. Zenko, and I think that's really important for, you would probably recognise that, I, I think, Leon. But yeah. Zenko, like your business, it has its own energy. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I just happen to be mothering, parenting, you know, um, handling, managing this energy right now. And so sometimes I need to get out of the way of it and say, okay, what does the energy of the business need? What, is, what, do, what does it need? And I, like I said, I wake up in the morning and I think about the end user. I'm thinking about, say the next studio is, insert a, a Sunshine Coast suburb for me, would you? Leon, give me a word. Uh, you've already got one in Nosu, you've already got one in Medina. How about out west at BUR or something? <laughs> All right, we'll do it just for you. Yeah. All right, so let's just say I start to think about the people in their homes in BUR. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking about the mums are burned out, the dad that's feeling yeah. guilty, yeah. the professional who's up in her head anxious, the athlete who's stiff, sore, tired and looking for a partner. And all these people, I'm saying, I, I get clear on that, on those people in Biwa that need a yoga studio. And it's actually why I'm able to get up each day and listen and tune in and be of service i teach i film i am running the business i'm mentoring my team um running workshops events and retreats all in the name of, of bringing health healing and well-being to a community at large and when i'm thinking about the the mum the dad the professional the athlete etc i'm also thinking about their partners partners to be their children their extended family and when they're doing yoga and like we said when you come home and you feel so much better and you've got a full tank and you're giving imagine how much giving those people are then able to do into their communities and their and their families and that's where i feel like this duty of care of like i've got to open studios so i can bring them in it's like a petrol station like fill them up yeah. with love and energy and yeah. send them back out into the world and send them in a loving high vibrational frequency to do what they want to do to find purpose to to connect to whatever it might be and i know that zenko holds space for people to do that we so certainly need to incorporate more of that into um into what we do as well because you know it's coaches that we work with and it's always the same even mm. i've had those things as well where you go oh you know i can't do this or someone might judge me someone might not approve of what i'm saying but what if one person, just one person, needs you? Yeah, that's it. Just one. That's it. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so. And so when yeah, so to sort of finish off the answer to that question, with opening more studios, you know, whether it's meant to be in BOR or not, I have there isn't a franchise or franchised model of yoga 
um, not in Australia anyway. Okay. And I, I often think about it. I, I'm considering it. Um, so it's, it's out there, whether it's meant to come to fruition or not, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and you know for example i had a conversation with someone about it the other day then i got an email from jets telling me actually that they're moving their head office to blah blah yeah yep. um, where the blah blah is. so it's like that's what i mean by universe working with you right so if you start to project and then something comes in it's like oh that's interesting oh that's interesting mm. right even talking to you yeah. about the retreat idea it's like oh yeah that's right that was that conversation we had a few years ago that's interesting yeah. and you just that's how the universe works with you it's like you plant the seed things start to come in and if it's meant to be it will be so like i've got two studios i've actually sort of sitting with offers on at the moment um and i have no attachment to them (laughs) i'd love them to open but if it's meant to be it will be so i've you know set my price set my terms one's come back with a yes like one's pretty much like um formalized yeah but i'm still like meh like whatever i've i've done my bit if it's meant to be it will be yeah that's that's that trusting trusting so do you do some private mentoring outside of the yoga as well? or? Um, yes and no. It's funny because we're building up our therapies arm of the business again um, yeah. since COVID. And um, the team did say, can you get back into coaching? I'm like, no. And then I was like, maybe. <laughs> um, I think I, yeah, we, we did put something up on the website the other day, but um, it's not, I love it, but it's not what I want to be doing all day, every day. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of mm. use of your time, of course. So yeah, yeah. And I, me personally, I make a bigger difference. Like my significance is in in a group energy and yeah. in like opening studios mm. and building business, rather than working solely with one person. So we talked about energy before. Remember, wise use of energy. Yeah. Where am I best as Lauren Verona? Where do I best spend my energy? Now, Leon, you're awesome the way you show up, especially with your clients, especially with men. They want to hear your story. You're, you're getting very good. Give out input and output in okay. a one-on-one coaching scenario because you hold space. You've been there. You've done that. You're changing people's life in that small, in that small window, like significant changing in a small amount of time. Mine is, okay, we need to open more studios. So I need, I'm sort of working in more of an operational way and then bring them in that way. Mm. So it's find your thing and do it, but keep the balance. Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes I think about how I can have enough time for everybody that I want to impact, which obviously when we're allowed to do a bit more, I want to have a lot of in-person group stuff because that's what lights me up as well. And um, been doing a lot on Zoom, of course, which has been really good but there's nothing like being in person with the energy and um, like even what Sam did is doing with you guys and did some from home, but I know it's much better to be there, of course. So, yeah. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, some people come into this year and say, oh, you know, I just couldn't get into the online yoga. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're someone that has a luxury of getting into a yoga studio, then nothing compares to that. Online does not compare to a human exchange and experience. No. But if you go to a studio any day. Of course. But if you are restricted by time or whatever else it might be, kids at home, business, then it's better that you do something than nothing. And that might be therefore, you know, Mm -hmm. on online, on in an online capacity, it's still better than nothing. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Mm. So with all the stuff that you've got going on, is there any time for anyone special in Lauren's life? (laughs) What do you mean by special? 
partner potentially or anything? Or? <laughs> um, that's a really interesting one. Um, and it's been a very interesting journey of mine that I've been on the last sort of five and a half years, maybe since I yeah. separated, yeah. I have attracted some interesting people in my life as teachers. Um, and I've also done a lot of work on this in waking up and evolving. And I've also done a lot of exploring around open relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be very similar to being open-minded. There's that flexibility word again. Um, not in a physical sense necessarily. So flexible, adaptable, open-minded. And one of my values is freedom. So for me to have a partner or, you know, someone around, yeah. um, it, it has to have all of those aspects, yeah, the freedom and, and spaciousness. And I found it quite challenging over the years to find someone that really gets that. Yeah. Um, and so it has limited me in some ways, but on the other side, um, I've had some great experience with people where, cause I'm working more now with the tantric energy and, and, and that yep. sort of thing. And that just doesn't mean sex, by the way, those of you think yeah, yeah, it, sure. it can go there, but <laughs> yeah. it's, um, you know, work with energy and work with breath and meditation. So I would actually rather spend, you know, an hour in the, the energy of a divine masculine energy, where, whether it's a friend or, or a partner, whatever it is doing the breath work and doing that work and ha having deep evolving conversations yeah. with that duality in, in, you know, with the woman, divine feminine, the divine masculine energy, something magic goes on there. And I'm so intrigued by it. It's why I took up Latin dancing because yeah. it's just the way it's the dance, you know, of the, of the polarities. Like he is here holding space and there's mm. this energy, stability, structure, you know, all the Leon, you know, analysis ways of fixing this is how routine right yeah. and 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 um order and and power but in you know in, in a divine masculine way not obviously the toxic way which is where we get aggression and violence and whatnot. anger and rage and yeah anger and rage yes yeah, so that's toxic masculinity which all of us have women mm -hmm. included it's not just man woman yeah. and then the feminine energy you know it's a nurturing intuitive um irrational when toxic chaotic when toxic emotional when toxic but yeah. she's nurturing, she's feeling, she's in flow state. And I feel like when I'm in the masculine energy form, then I'm really stepping into my feminine. You know, mm -hmm. we've been talking about that today. Like I run businesses, yeah, I so that's masculine, masculine model. Energy. It's very, very How intriguing. cool is yeah. it? Yeah. What you can create when you're together. Like, and, and we do this, you know, breath work together through heart and base chakras. And it's really cool what I come up with. And I actually do a lot of my, I was talking about woo-woo stuff before. That's so I guess right. I can mention it. But I do a bit of my woo-woo work when I'm in the energy and like i said not necessarily in a penetrative sort of place yeah, it can be yeah. but when i'm in the energy of the divine masculine and we're breathing and we've set an intention together that's when i can literally connect to spirit and i get most of my downloads then that's when i'm like okay shit i've gone i've left my body and something's happening but it's taken practice it's not just gonna yeah. happen overnight and Absolutely. it is actually something that I would like to teach people in years to come, but I'm still actually learning the craft myself. And it's, it's very interesting. Um, and like I said, it, you know, to, as far as me calling in a partner, they would have yeah. to really understand that. I love the idea of openness and freedom. And right now I'm in a great place in business and with my children, I, I am not asking for a yeah, partner. Yeah. In a, fixed, this, in a fixed term situation. Yeah. No, I find this yeah. topic so interesting. We could talk for hours because mm -hmm. obviously there's so much social construct around the um, ultimate of, you know, whatever it is, a partnership or relationship, marriage. And then 
so much of that, as you know, and you're aware is exploding and there's so much mm. divorce and there's so much expectation. And I think there's, there's so much to learn for people around this because people check out real easily or um, cheap because they're not getting it at home or whatever it might be. And that's, I'm not saying that's okay. I think that there's just so much more to all of that. Like the, that oh, people yeah. need to really learn how to communicate those masculinity and femininity and if it's openness for some people that's that's fine too it's just a matter of discussions and communication and people being okay with themselves you know yeah i mean i've got very good friends of mine at the moment they've they've been married for gosh 15 10 15 years and they're um trying to do the openness thing i mean when i first heard of it i was like no way could i ever do that you know but of course yeah i guess i come from a marriage where perhaps that could have been a big game changer because there would have been some honesty or whatever it might be. Um, and it's a, it's a really big subject. I it's follow Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus, you know, <laughs> yeah. Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. 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 So I follow him, um, Joe Dispenza, you know, a lot yeah. of these are people that are waking up, uh, do are open to open relationships because it's where the triggers happen is where we grow, right? We attract relationships. Like you've attracted Sam because you've got the same qualities, the same issues, the same stuff. Yeah. So when you're seeing something in Sam that you, is frustrating the life out of you, it's because you embody that within you. So together yeah. you met, you meet each other, you match each other and you need to stay in your, in your, you know, different energies. That's what makes you amazing. There needs to be that fire. It can't just be all like, everything yeah, is well awesome. We've, and I'm open, open that we've been disconnected too and we've um, worked on ourselves to get to a place where we're back reconnected and I'm working with other people on those things now because it's very easy to just get disconnected and just go, fuck it, checking out. And it's, right. you know, it's too it's And it's too exactly easy. what you said at the start of the podcast. Like it's the buckets that are saying, fuck it, I'm going to check out and yeah. commit suicide. Yeah. And then it's the fuck it, I'm going to check out the relationship. And this, they're also, they, they, they're, denying themselves and we don't want to stay and do the work that's why it's hard just going to a single yoga class it's like oh my god i'm meeting myself here i am triggered in this twist who am i i said that last week and what did i even make that mean i go home and i say something to my relationship and that's triggering you're triggering me and i'm triggering we're it's we're all we attract products of ourselves yeah it's it's so it's <clears throat> so fascinating and it's important for people to also not stay in something toxic, just to point out to of our course. listeners because yes. um, there's lots of people who have been together 40 years and they're skite and proud of it in our older generation and they shouldn't have stayed together. But um, mm-hmm. like, like, like I say to people I work with, the thing is to give it everything, to try to make it work and then if you have worked on yourself both, then at least you can be in a better place if you separate, whether there's kids involved oh, and all yeah. that, then you can be calm mm-hmm. and you can be... Um, giving the best to the children and being about them and not about using them as, you know, a pawn or whatever mm. it might be so that it's mm. difficult for everyone. So I think that's really important. I had a lot of guilt leaving the marriage and thinking, oh, you know, I'm a solo mum and I feel bad and I should have kept trying to make, I mean, I tried, I did, I feel as though I tried for a long time, but I guess like yeah. I said before, sometimes some things aren't. Fixable, they're yeah. Past, they're past beyond repair. It's, it's actually you Absolutely. need to get out. Yeah. Um, for safety or whatever it might be. And when I had this realisation, it really changed everything for me. And so maybe your listeners will be able to benefit from hearing this, that the children chose us. They came down full well, knowing mummy's going to find daddy, have children. And at some stage when we're two and three, they're going to separate. And Mm -hmm. both are teachers to them. 
you know, yeah. despite rights, wrongs, principles, values, who said, she said, whatever's, they're going to have a, an experience from both that masculine and feminine or whatever your situation mm. may be, energies and both are teachers. So when I actually sat with that and surrendered and thought, they chose this, it's okay. This it's okay it's that the unit be, broke yeah. down. Yes, yeah. and I mean now looking back, gosh, I wouldn't have opened more studios and yeah, now there's that so I'm much done benefit to it all. Yeah, yeah, professionally yeah. for you know, yeah, tens of thousands of people really, and and yeah. for them, and and how close we are as 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 the unit of three, yeah. it's like, yeah, they they chose very well, <laughs> put it that way. So that really helped me surrender and trust, and I think that's what mamas and daddies out there we need to do. Yeah. Is, is to trust that they chose and they know. Yeah, that's a big one for a lot of people that haven't done any of this sort of work on self is to ex- explain or get through to them that there is, um, that we come from a higher source and we choose everything in our path, everything. Mm-hmm. All the good, all the bad. Mm. And that's self-responsibility then, isn't it? So Yeah, owning it, that's yeah. right. Yeah, owning traits that you have that you condemn in others and all sorts of stuff that's yeah. just... So empowering. So, yeah. Yeah. So what's your highest values? You said freedom's one. What else? Um, honesty. Yep. Someone said to me recently, they said, I love your radical honesty. I was like, ooh, that's a big term. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it feels so good to be honest. And obviously yep. there's that with that level of um, ahimsa, kindness, you know. Yeah showing love and kindness in the way you deliver that honest um, news or statement or, or answer. But it's like, it's freedom as well, being honest because it's, and it's liberating. It's like, say it how it is. And I really respect that in other people. Yeah. Say it yeah. how it is. Tell me, you know, I said something that triggered you or I said something that didn't make sense to you. Tell me. Um, honesty. I, I, I love it. I think you can go so many places with it too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really and cool. you're living in your truth. And I feel like if we don't have it and we're kind of lying and it's just little white lies here and there and, oh, I said I was going to do this, but I've just accidentally eaten something or I said I wasn't going to go there, but I went and did it. You know, if just little lies here and there. It's kind of, it's mistreating ourselves and our mm. energy systems as well. Um, so it actually is, like, for me, it's like it's a healthy choice to choose honesty. So what would you say to people who want to sort of have a go at yoga but have told themselves a load of rubbish about um, can't, I'm not flexible, blah, 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 all the stuff we say or too busy to get them to just have a go? I just tell them to come and experience it. Like the worst yeah. thing that can happen is they don't like it. Yeah. Um, and I, I do try to tell them it is a way of life. I think a really funny story I've told before is um, one of the girls, kindy teachers many years ago, she used to ask me about yoga and I could tell she was, you know, interested. Interested, and, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, well, you know, you maybe come try it. Like I can give you, a, you know, often do complimentary weeks out, free week. I was like, why don't we give you a free week? And do you know what she said to me? I need a whole week. <laughs> she said, and this comes up a lot, so some of your listeners will be like, that's what I worry about. She said, but what if I fart? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that when I started to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I turned around and I said to her, that's okay. You could potentially transform and change your whole entire life. <laughs> but 
You heard about fighting? <laughs> I mean, we, we all fight. By the way, it's fluff in my household. If you're coming over, we call it fluff around here. Um, we all do it. We all do it. And you know what? Everyone's so deep in their own practice, no one's noticing anyway. Um, and if they are, who cares? That's fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, Isn't it just... amazing? The little things we tell ourselves to block an experience it's like before we find exactly what our purpose is in this world we create all these blockers it's like distractions it's like alcohol it's like gaming social media gambling sex whatever we find all these distractions we get addicted to them to avoid the big 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 thing of why we're here and we've been put here on this earth and that's why we're anxious that's why we're we're frustrated that's why we're annoyed because Mm. we're not sure what it is we don't know how to get there and we don't know how to be of service and, and to give that out into the world because we're so li- low vibing and caught up here, we can't see out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you manage your social media usage and that? Because that is a big problem for a lot of people, including me, and not being distracted um, by it. I guess mine is that I don't really have the time to do it. I need to go on to check messages, business yeah. things and that sort of thing. I do a post, <laughs> check my comments. Um Again, it's tapas. Remember I spoke about discipline yeah. and tapas? Yeah. So, and I did this really cool, I, I, I don't know if you've, you've heard this one with me, but um, this will help you understand how much money you're spending or what time you're using when you're social media scrolling. Yeah. There's a formula that you can work out your hourly rate. Yeah, gotcha. And it's based, yeah. remember that one? Yeah. So when you work out your hourly rate over the year, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, and you work out your figure per yeah, hour, for sure. then you start to value. So when you're scrolling, it's costing you, insert figure per hour and you know it's feeding the system Mm -hmm. yeah but i guess you have to wake up to realize what it is you're feeding and when you get clear on like i said before how i do that simple work weekly schedule and if you're someone that's getting to the end of the week and things aren't happening then you start to when you understand and respect time and Mm -hmm. energy and space and other energy models then you will start to understand that you don't have time to social media scroll because it's it's taking away from your energy yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's been Mm. and boundaries right boundaries put a boundary Mm. up like my phone goes into do not disturb mode at eight o'clock every night yeah back on on 6 a.m it's been a fantastic thing we started a couple of years ago is just to leave it out in the kitchen turn it off or whatever and just turn it down and not charging, have it, yeah. yeah, not have it near you at night and stuff, which is really important, I believe. Super mm-hmm. important. And mm-hmm. um, not be checking it when you go to bed and, you know, yeah. yeah. Habits, boundaries, Yeah. wake up, notice what you're doing, make a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. It's so simple, isn't it? It's like, is it really that simple? <laughs> oh, we just get so distracted. That's the problem, hey, and that's what going on in the media and the world and you know just takes us in a spiral and it's just yeah it's best thing to do is wipe out the media i reckon <laughs> but yeah, yeah i stopped i stopped reading that stuff many years ago yeah absolutely yeah i don't mm. watch it on tv but it comes up of course in other areas but um yeah i could talk to you all day and it's been such a pleasure to catch back up and it makes me um realize we need to do more together i need to come to some retreats and you know, I've got a lot out of this, that's for sure. So mm. where can people find um, Zenko and, and Lauren online and social media and mm. follow what you do? 
Well, Leon, it's, um, it's been a pleasure to watch you grow and, and evolve and um, open your heart and do the work that you're doing in this world. So thank you for the contribution that you're making because you are. I'm thank a fairly you. full person and I don't do a lot of social media, but when I do, I notice your things popping up. So um, you're doing good. So thank that you for what you do. Me. Thank you. Mm. Well, it's helped, helped me as well. It's helped from people like you inspiring me. So it's been, been very special. Thank you. No. Um, Zenko Yoga, we're on the Sunshine Coast currently. <laughs> There's three studios in Bedina, Noosa and Bly Bly. We're online as well. So zenkoyoga.com.au. You can sign up to the online studio if you can't access um, physic the physical studios. Yeah. Um, yep. Zenko Yoga, we're on Instagram and Facebook. And then if you want to follow me personally, it's Lauren Verona yoga instagram and and facebook and um, where i do a bit of sharing on lifestyle and yoga and children and food and whatnot um just here to create good vibes and connect with other people on the same path however yeah. and whatever means that is and for as forever for as long as it needs to be that we you know meet each other in this lifetime um very honored to sit and take the time out to chat with you today leon yeah, it means a lot to me. And one other thing I forgot to ask you was about the recent photo shoot. Oh, before yes. we go. <laughs> yeah, so tell me tell us quickly about that before I let you yeah, go. Cool. Um years ago I did um do a charity photo shoot for Beyond Blue. So yeah. um we so a body painter came and painted my body blue. So I was naked and I did yoga poses. Um sure. not sure if you remember. It was about five years ago. And it went into the media and it, it brought a lot raised a lot of awareness which is what it was meant to do around mental health um so that was really successful with the, the blue and everything yeah, people still wicked. remember me like oh you're the blue blue <laughs> i think <laughs> i did see blue. some of that i think yeah. yeah yeah it's really good um it's in the media and all sorts of things anyway and then with my 40th birthday approaching covid um and not being able to have a you know a party and that sort of thing with you know interstate family and i was like Oh, that's right. People start asking me about gift ideas and my manager, Mel, she's like, people are asking and, you know, I know you need a new knife and I know you, need, you love plants and you <laughs> like can candles. And I was like, I just felt, started to feel really uncomfortable. And yeah. I recognise I do have a little bit of a receiving issue as well sometimes. So I was like, is this my shit or is this <laughs> taking me down a pathway? And I said, Mel, I, I, I buy myself anything that I need. I, d I don't need anything. And yeah. I don't want people going and buying me a gift because it's my birthday. They feel yeah. they have to give. I don't like that concept at all. So I had that in the back of my mind. And then I thought about the Beyond Blue and, the, and how that really raised awareness. And then I thought about, you know, my, my brand. And usually I've got quite big curly hair and people know me quite well. And I thought I can make a, a significant difference in the world. And 40 is, should be celebrated because so many people have been like, oh, turning 40 at this, that. And I was like, no. You know, I'm embracing that I'm alive. And I thought, I think I'm ready to do another photo shoot, maybe a little bit risque. I don't know what that would look like. Now, yep. remember how we talked about manifestation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be careful what you wish for, what you think about, because you will damn well create it. There would be no surprise to hear, Leon, that um, Nikki, one of my clients of six years, Bedina, who works at Bloom Hill um, oh, Cancer yeah. Care, yeah, yeah, cancer care. So they're yeah. a cancer um, charary local to the Sunshine Coast. She just rang me out of the blue. Lauren, <laughs> it's Nikki from Bloomhill. Hi. We're 
doing a new marketing campaign. We've got an idea of this chrysalis campaign and we couldn't think of anyone else better to, fo- to pose as a butterfly than you. And I just thought, there's the universe. I said yes before I even thought about it. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to be a butterfly, hair out, butterfly wings. I love this. And then she sent a photo of what they were trying to sort of achieve and it was sort of more of a black and white sil- silhouette look with my body to get the wings and she said, um, needed a man too. So I thought, well, I'll get one of my male teachers. And I asked the teacher at the time. And once he saw the memo about wearing sheer stockings and nipple tape, he said, I don't think this is for me. It's like, like me asking you, Leon, would you come along and wear sheer stockings and nipple tape? Have you seen how hairy I am? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. She asked, cause she wanted, you know, polarities, right? Masculine, feminine energy. She wanted to, that's what we we're talking about. She wanted a male as well. And anyway, thought of someone um, who I know very well who's been to enough Mardi Gras through his years to be okay with getting naked <laughs> and not for a second am I telling you that I'm okay with being naked and I'm not and you know how someone might be uncomfortable about going to a yoga class <laughs> I'm not uncomfortable about going to yoga class and we always say you know put yourself in in, in areas of discomfort in, in the world yeah. and find comfort right so yeah. From a yogic point of view, it was like, this is my next challenge. I'm going to go and get in sheer stockings and nipple tape. Well, <laughs> one thing led to the other, as it, it. does on it. shoot. We were in one of my studios, so it was safe. It wasn't like I was outside. We are inside. It was safe. I had turned out I'd, the photographer I'd, um, had been in Melbourne 25 years earlier, so we had a bit of contact there, connection. Yeah. Um, and it was just the music was on, probably Sacred Earth. It was The music was playing. It's the energy of Zenko. And the nipple tape came off because it was literally in the way. We're looking at the tape. The sheer stockings came off and it ended up being a nude shoot. And nice. honestly, it was uncomfortable, but it was liberating. And the photos are beautiful. And I shared one photo in the 10 days leading up to my 40th birthday and I did a charity drive. So I got rid of the whole people can give me gifts. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you want to do something for my birthday? You can donate here. And I don't know I, I, how much money we've raised altogether, but... I can't tell you how many people said or commented, one, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for celebrating 40 and three, I've donated. So it felt so good to pay it forward, to use my body, if you like, to use my Mm -hmm. hair, to use my brand name, to actually, again, make a contribution and it filled me up. So that's how it came about that I got nude for charity for my 40th birthday. Well done. That's so courageous. Well done. That's Mm. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much again. That means so much to me and my listeners. And I hope that you have a fantastic day and a fantastic week. And I look forward to seeing where the future goes for you. Oh, as I do to you. And just if if anything sort of came up for anyone through our conversation today, obviously you know that Leon's a phone call or message away, but I am too. Um, If you just want to reach out to me and just ask me something or get clear on something please do if it's about yoga or anything that we've mentioned i'm happy to and we will finish it like we do with a yoga class if that's yeah. all right yeah. um we bring our hands into what our hearts our grateful hearts and bow in to one another and the word namaste is to salute and honor each other's light so saluting and honoring all of our light beings all of those around the world sending love and healing from our hearts out and receiving that equally namaste Namaste. Oh, I miss you in your classes. Thank you so much. Oh, I miss you. Oh, I was <laughs> lucky to spend a weekend with your wife, so I've had a good dose of both of you now. I know. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> she's working with you guys, so awesome. Yes, she's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So are you.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Be awesome.